I'm I'm recording, Mr. Editor. You can put this anywhere you want. Haley Steinfeld is a, a treasure to this earth. She's just so talented. Just a, a, a perfect person to have in the MCU right now and anywhere else. Is really, it? But is it because you love MCU. her most in uh, Hawkeye? <laughs> yes, it is her live action. Her role live action role. Nothing in else. <laughs> Chris is just really into pinpoint accuracy in archery, and my God, can she do it? I really love the color purple, that too. The movie? Oh. No. (laughs) Welcome to Hero Hoopla. Hoopla! Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of Saving the Multiverse. Ooh, so many different verses in this world. We're here to talk about the newest, most fantastic Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was previously one of my favorite Spider-Man movies. Mm. Is this one even better? Who knows? We'll talk about it on the Hoopla podcast here today. As always, I'm joined by the comic book expert himself, Andy Smith. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things, Marvel, DC, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. I'm excited to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, (laughs) which pod is this? Oh, wait. Oh, Spider-Verse. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Congratulations. You're the one millionth person to make that joke. <laughs> dang it. Dang it. Really? That wasn't unique? <laughs> you win a free bagel. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That's really... That's... Okay. It, yeah. It, it was the bagel part that confused me. Yeah. yeah. That's bagels making a comeback in, in superhero multiverse properties. Hey, bagels are a big year for bagels. <laughs> big year for bagels. Huge year for yeah. bagels. Speaking of big year for bagels, the master of the multiverse... The historian of every history that ever has been, ever will be, Chris Pio, is here with is, us is today. Me? Why? Why is that speaking oh of bagels? I don't know. <laughs> how do you, Chris? How do you take your bagel? Uh, well, you got to start with the actual bagel itself. I'm an everything bagel type of guy. Good man. Good man. Uh, a lot of times, I'll do a toast to about a, a six out of ten degree. I like it a little bit black. Maybe throw a little cream cheese on there. Uh, plain cream cheese. Philadelphia, if you must And of know, course, the fourth member of the Hoopla. <laughs> Very He's special guest we have here today. <laughs> Joining us from Earth 230, where Spider-Man was bit by a radioactive tooth and turned into a dentist himself. It's Jake Laxer. <laughs> this is my dream. This is my dream. This is the canon timeline. Yeah, canonical. This is, this is, this is it. This is the canon event. Uh, Jake Laxer here, lover of all things TV and movies. Great to be back. Missed you all. Um, you guys did an episode on ranking your favorite superhero sagas or trilogies. How dare you not put Thor as number six? I am absolutely ashamed. Each and every one of you. Quantumania, Ant-Man number five. We'll just skip a few. Uh, and we'll jump up to uh, the Spider-Man trilogy at number two and Captain America at number one. And no questions. Uh, no questions. Case closed. Live yeah, live ranking. Right and, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, Across the Spider-Verse to talk about that. I absolutely loved Into the Spider-Verse. Saw that movie, admittedly, like four times when it premiered. But you know what? I'm equally excited to talk about this. And um, they delivered. Well done, Sony. You're figuring it out, at least in animation form. Beautiful. I love it. Jake's, <laughs> we lost him for a second, but he's back. I'm back. Um, yeah. Yeah. So as Jake mentioned, we had a, a few episodes of the past couple of weeks without Jakey Boy. We just talked about some random stuff. We ranked things. 
We talked about The Flash. Go check out those previous episodes as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those things. Chris, where can people find us if they want to stay up to date with all the hoopla? You nailed it, my friend. Go ahead and follow us at Hoopla Podcast cross-platform. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and of course now TikTok for some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, we're going to get those updated ASAP with our friend over in Japan, Jake Laxer. Yo. Friend of the pod, core member of the Hoopla podcast will be making his triumphant return to the East Coast. And the Hoopla podcast is about to go multiversal. Oh! So be sure to follow us. Uh, We're going to have lots of content coming out, including the podcast reviews that you're all so fond of. Beautiful. I can't wait for it. And what else? Oh, merch. (laughs) If any of these lovely people want to get themselves some some fancy hoopla merch like this delicious coffee mug I'm sipping out of right now. Andy, where can they go? Go to hoopla podcast network dot square dot site. We're going to be extending our merch over to the new hoopla podcast brand. Take a look, get some merch, support the pod as we go multiversal, uh, as Chris said. Now, will we have a bagel logo on one of the pieces of merch? Maybe. I Maybe. think we should. Only one way to find out. Yep. Follow the go link the in the site. episode description, and we'll all find out together. It'll be exciting. And without any further ado, let's dive right in to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse right after this super quick break. We'll be back. I'll miss you. Andy usually sings a song, but I guess he doesn't feel like singing today. Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man does whatever a spider can, spins a web and he's done. We're back! <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, welcome back. <laughs> we made it. Oh my God. Guys, I absolutely loved Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Just right off the bat, I gotta say, the most visually stunning, beautiful, fantastic film mm. to watch yes. on the screen. Every single shot was beautiful. All the different art styles were incredible. I just loved looking at this movie as it was mm-hmm. happening. The plot and everything, you know, fantastic, all that good stuff. But just mm-hmm. looking at this movie was incredible. What'd you guys think? Jamie, that's a baseline. If you take any shot within this movie, any frame, and you put it up on my wall, that would be the best wall in my home. Because that the, <laughs> the art in each of these different scenes is, is just incredible. And the variation beyond what we just saw in Into the Spider-Verse is incredible. And they they went for a home run and they hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually kind of curious in terms of what the animation team decided to do and how they decided to split all this up. Did they get a group of teams that were each selecting, you know, working on all these different worlds on all these different variations, um, or was this just a whole cohesive effort? I'm genuinely curious, but man, in terms of you know maintaining and surpassing their original standard that they set. I mean, knocked it out of the park. Absolutely. Oscar winning. Oscar winning. Yeah. Jake, that? Calling it right now. Oh, right gotta now. be. Without a doubt. No chance. There's no let, competition. Let's, let, let's talk awards. Let's talk awards after we talk full pod because this deserves so many in my opinion. But if we're start, starting with visuals, and, and I definitely think we should because that is the forefront thing. of this movie. You're, you get a introduction, sure, to the plot and the characters and everything, but right off the bat, you notice the visuals. Jake, that's a great point. I don't know if they had separate teams that worked on uh, certain parts of the animation. You know, Gwen's world looking all watercolor-ish, right. which was mm. just absolutely beautiful. The, the mood ring style settings. And then you had, obviously, other types of animation. The Lego stuff, which yeah, you know, Lego. was was done by a third party source. It was done by a 14-year-old. It's amazing. But uh, 
but you're right. I wonder if they had different teams for different styles or if, if the artists are just so, so talented that they were able to just transpose back and forth as they did in the Spider-Verse, as the characters transposed back and forth. Uh, that's a great question. I'd, I'd be curious to see. But yeah, just what a visually stunning film. You just couldn't peel your eyes away while watching it. And for a film that's particularly long, like two hours, 20 minute runtime, it didn't feel yeah. like that at all, even with so much happening on screen with the art. And that gets into the, the plot and the, how captivating it is. But yeah, truly, I, I think it is a feat in animation for what, what they've done here. And I think this raises the bar to a level for animation that it's never seen before. Mm. And future animation films within Pixar and some of these other studios, they need to get to this level. Like this is so, oh yeah. head and tails above the rest. So to that point, Andy, do you think that I, I love the decision that they decided to avoid three dimension on this movie. Mm. Do you think most animators can handle removing that feature on a major feature film? Because I feel as though the 3D texture is very visually appealing, but when you get to this level that you're discussing, it's not really necessary. And, they, and they've and they proven that with, with this movie. Yeah, that's a good question. What was the last time we saw a 2D animated movie that wasn't Spider-Verse? Right. I don't know. There, there was mm. one 3D element in there. I mean, Donald Glover is a... Oh, that's human. true. Right. <laughs> and Andrew Garfield. And Andrew Garfield. You know, and and it wasn't, and, they actually shot live action scenes for this movie and took them out as well. You so there, there yeah. were there were sequences that were going to be live action. They they removed that because it didn't fit the, the overall. Good decision. Uh, you know, the overall decision there. Um, I just thought it, it worked so well. I It, once again, there's so many unique parts of this movie whether it's Gwen's world whether it's Leonardo like the Da Vinci uh, villain that yeah. flies in whether mm, it's the, the, the final Vinci, scene yeah. with with an alternate version of of Miles world like there's just so much to comprehend in this movie and no wonder it took I think four years to animate oh, yeah. Right. Animate these these uh, uh these scenes. Yeah. It still seems like they did right. it super fast with how incredibly intricate now, and different every single shot was. I would have guessed mm -hmm. it'd take thirty years to make this movie. Right. <laughs> like this this was this, an this I can accept as like an allotted time frame between films. The Avatar upgrade abysmal compared to this. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> abysmal. Take it, throw it in the trash. You know, complete empty they had recycle. To go bin. underwater, uh, Jake. Uh, do you know how hard it is to make an camera go underwater <laughs> no one's figured out that technology yet you know what you're right i, I am stuck oh, yes in addition to how beautiful this movie was also great story they followed up story. on the ending of the previous movie into the spider-verse where miles morales saved the day sent all the different versions of spider-man back to their home dimensions their own universes now miles is stuck in his universe gwen stacy ghost spider i guess is her name now instead of spider gwen that's interesting i guess wanda on all the cast lists she's known as ghost spider oh. um oh. that's interesting she gets into a little bit of this multiversal travel action as the da vinci vulture shows up and some of the other Spider-Mans show up to save the day with okay. Oscar Isaac portraying Spider-Man 2099, kind of the leader of this legion of spider people. Um, that's that's going to lead me to a question for a round robin. <laughs> um, all right. Go around the table. Favorite Spider-Man variant. Hoopla. Favorite Spider-Man variant in this movie. Start with him. Oh. Oh my! Wow! Uh, On the spot. It has, it I, I think the spot. Be... Are you saying like 
spot not on. Spot on. Main build. Not not main. Not main mm-hmm. cast. I mean, it has to be Moonbotten, the the uh, Indian version. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Puppeteer. Yeah. Played I, by I, Karan I thought Sony. that was an incredible scene. We can get into that scene, but Puppeteer. Probably. Yeah. It, Love that was just that Spider-Man. A, a shocking moment in the movie where it turned and they went to a, a very different type of world and it worked so well but we can get in that scene a little bit later but mm-hmm. i loved that spider-man mm-hmm. he brought joy i mean all these spider-men bring joy but his was unique and it was funny and the lines the dialogue was great chai t t t he uh he came in and helped the writers actually script out that scene oh no so that, way that's awesome as well i didn't know yeah that. the actor yeah i love that dude and his hair was so beautiful too yeah I think Gorgeous. this might be kind of a lame answer because he's not new to us, but I think my favorite Spider-Man in this movie was Peter Parker that we saw in the last movie, uh, um, okay. played by Jake okay. Johnson with his little baby spider. I yeah, just loved cute. every second he was on screen. Mayday. Ugh. Chris? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're allowed to choose from the main cast, I, I mean, I think it has to be Miles Morales. I, I, oh, Shameek Moore. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, you should have been more specific. Give me a no, he's right. He's right. No, but that's fine. Give he me, is a variant. Give me a different type of variant. In okay, fact, well, if in we fact, want to talk he's the greatest anyone. variant. The greatest anomaly. Or the wow. worst. Tenor oh, he was never supposed to be. Yeah. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I have to revert back to something I've already said on the pod, and we've only been going for 15 minutes or so. So Lego Spider-Man, that <laughs> tiny, tiny scene was the fact that Miguel calls him and says, thanks, you're one of our best. is just beyond hilarious <laughs> for this little multiversal excursion. Um, I will also say Metro Boomin, that Spider-Man, he's the one that hangs and says there's nowhere to run. And then he uh, yes. Miles jumps out the window and says, my bad, everybody. There was somewhere to run. <laughs> who, who, and by the way, the soundtrack for this film is... Uh, and worthy of an entire pod discussion outside of just talking about the movie. If who if Hero Hoopla ever decides to do a, I don't know, what's an H word for music, something like that, uh, we could do the soundtrack and just talk about those. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the Lego Spider-Man. But if we're talking main bill, I think Miles Morales is just so freaking cool as Spider-Man. Yeah, I can't wait. So everybody, you heard it here first. Tune in for Harmony Hoopla next week when we talk about the soundtracks <laughs> for all these this movies. Man. He's on it. He's on it. Who blah? Uh, but Jake, who's your favorite? Blah, blah, blah. Um, well, you know, all the best ones have already been mentioned, but I will go also as far to say uh, Margot Kess. Uh, the spider bite character who was the 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 virtual projection mm. oh the vr of, like, one yeah. the vr yeah who's in charge of the teleport uh spider that was absolutely uh yeah you, that was super unique for one and then it, it was a great variation in terms of you know being in the additional um spider-man 2099 world uh and yeah. and controlling all teleportation from that played by uh, uh amanda stenberg yeah that was that was sweet mm-hmm. very cool that was very cool yeah, man, I loved when we got to go finally into this, I guess, Spider-Man 2099 world. The the huge empire of spider people was so cool to just see all the different ones mm. in the background. And they're all just kind of like walking upside down on the ceiling, sideways on the walls. This huge three-dimensional world of just people going about their day being Spider-Man. It was <laughs> yeah. incredible. I loved it. And all the cameos we got with the bad guys from all the previous movies. Uh, Chris mentioned Donald Glover showing up as... Prowler. That was great. Incredible. Yeah. 
one of my favorite moments from the movie. Uh, I know we're jumping to that scene really quick. I just want to mention this scene could have been a disaster. Absolutely. Okay? Just that's an fair. Unmitigated disaster when if it wasn't under the leadership of Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Like this worked so well, but think of how many if you saw that in a script of the movies we've seen in the past 20 years, how they made that work and so how they set up the multiverse so effectively mm-hmm. and the the characters were so fun, it, the zaniness, the the they got rid of all these limits, no restraint right, on yeah. this movie and right. somehow because of the 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 good dialogue, the the flow of the the storyline, and the love you have for the characters, this worked. Yeah, just incredible. I think the capstone to that is the fact that they pulled off the pointing Spider-Man beam yes. again. Yes. Right. And yes. It's almost like you could kind of <laughs> tell that it was coming, and still it was funny, and still it worked, and still I laughed. Yeah. To, to be able to pull that off on an even grander scale, which just made me appreciate. Okay. They're pulling this off. Yeah, they absolutely know. Like, can you imagine being the art director for this movie and the no. head honcho <laughs> comes to you and says, hey, by the way, you need to come up with 300 unique Spider-Men. <laughs> yeah. And they're so all going to be on be screen at the same time. So different animation styles for each one. I mean, the uh, Tyrannosaurus Spider-Man was, was, was a stretch, sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that's that that's more a pretty more. that's a pretty heavy lifting challenge there to to accomplish that feat. Absolutely. So good on them. Um yeah, but before we move on from the Donald Glover cameo, that is something that I've been looking forward to since Tom Holland's homecoming movie. We had a mention of Aaron Davis mm-hmm. mentioning my son. Let's get Miles Morales in live action. Finally, make it happen. Make it happen. I think they're working towards that. Yeah. Maybe bringing Dong Lover back. That'd be nice. I would Ooh, love that. the old Dong Lover himself. I would love <laughs> to get some live action. That'd be so cool, man. And just, I, to, just to confirm, there is a live action Miles Morales movie in production from Sony. Yeah. Will that be in the MCU? Not confirmed. Great right. question. But I hope that they bring back the cast of this movie. Right. Yeah. All of the actors in this movie, their voice acting was incredible. And most of them, if not all of them, are just regular screen actors as well. Right. I think they would make We've already a seen fantastic Daniel Kaluuya, team. Haley Steinfeld in other MCU live action projects. Yep. Oscar Isaac is obviously oh, yeah, a Daniel live action. Kalu- Spider-Punk yeah. was awesome in this movie. He was yes, so absolutely. dope. Oh, Honestly, Jake Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker in live action would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I could only agree. Yeah. Yep, yep. But I do you know anything about Shamik Moore, uh, who at, voice acted uh, for Miles? I, I don't know his work. He's the only one that I don't know if he's actually been on screen before. Yeah. I'm not sure. He's got a, a couple credits and appearances, but nothing too major, to be honest. What? But I mean, he's so good as Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. On I do voice, know. he's got to be able to do it oh. in person. Yeah, in, in physical embodiment, physical no doubt. Um, I do know that he was, you know, in discussion in an interview regarding the role. He was trying to get in shape for it, but, you know, as is anyone in Hollywood, because that's like the number one role that everyone's going to want to be itching for. Well, I can't wait for it. Tune in in 2026 for the hoopla about the live-action Miles Morales Spider-Man. I think that's ambitious. That is Um, ambitious. Let's 
dive into the plot a little bit. We've talked a lot about the the visuals, a lot about the comedy, the actors that are in this movie, all that wonderful stuff. But let's talk about the important plot point, which leads me to my one gripe of the movie, one and a half gripes of the movie. Overall, absolutely mm. love the movie. But mm. this movie didn't have an ending, which was disappointing. That's <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I, I can't. That's such, my a, that's gripe. such a you gripe. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? It's a me. It, yeah. I the mean, movie that's valid. didn't end. It's valid. It's, it's a, valid. We knew there was a part two it's, coming out. It's valid. Uh, Still make a, it a full movie. Yeah. I. But I'll, I'll counter with this. For one, we all knew that this was going to be like the absolute portrayal, the maximum portrayal, paramount portrayal of a comic book brought to life. Right. So to be continued, not uncommon in a, in a comic book story. Right. However, I do remember getting to the conclusion of this film if you want to call it a conclusion, right, Jim? Um, and at the end, I was like, man, this movie's about to be so fucking long. We've been here in the theater <laughs> and we're just getting here. And then I was like, I okay, <laughs> to be continued, that makes sense. I was maybe 20, 30 minutes out from the, the conclusion, if we're calling it a conclusion. Sure. We'll call it fade to black. Considering fade to, it black. Fade to black. 20, 30 minutes away uh, from the movie stopping. Oh, okay. It had a conclusion <laughs> to get prepared. Infinity War, you guys are fine with Infinity War's ending. This is essentially them just getting ready for the next movie. I know. We're sitting there having to use the facilities, (laughs) sitting in my seat thinking, do they have time to stop Spot? (laughs) Turns out they did not. Spoilers. They don't. So that's... That's my one, you know, I was mildly, mildly disappointed by that. The whole movie was fantastic, but I did leave the theater just ever so slightly unsatisfied because we got to wait another year to see the conclusion to this story. That's fine. It's going to be a great movie. Mm -hmm. My one question I have for you guys. Postponed by six months. Actually, we're back into 2025 now, unfortunately. Oh my. Two years? When was that? Jesus. Uh, Last week here. Oh Oh, no. Well, okay. it's because they're anticipating delay. the long box office run because this movie's going to be fucking killing it. So. <laughs> there it is. There's your there's your they're projection. Just, they're just dragging it out. Yeah, just drag it Build out. Build up that anticipation. Yeah. I've been waiting five years, and this movie exploded <laughs> yeah. on the scene. They're trying to so recruit as much yeah as much money as possible. Question really that I have for you guys regarding the plot of this movie: <laughs> the big plot point that we have is there are these canonical events that happen. For every Spider-Man throughout all the multiverse, one of the big ones that we have to deal with is a police captain who is close to Spider-Man has to die. And we see that's what happens in Moombatten with the Indian version of Spider-Man where everything gets kicked off because Miles Morales saves the police captain. But at the same time, the other huge part part of this movie is that Miles Morales is, uh, I forget the word they use, but he's like a a non-canon variant of spider-man like anomaly he, right he, yes an anomaly is the anomaly like, i don't know miles morales anomaly i thought he i'm sorry to interject do they because we have to be careful about that considering the mcu's use of the anomalies and variants sure i we'll i call it an anomaly okay. sure yeah i i recall it is anomaly, by definition right. an anomaly right okay he truly right. is the only one that was not supposed to be spider-man right, right. Yes. So if he's not supposed to be spider-man why is spider-man 2099 
so concerned with Miles Morales' father having to die? Why is it a canonical event that Mr. Morales has to die if Miles Morales is not actually Spider-Man? Yeah. So that might be my theory for the Beyond the Spider-Verse mm. is that- That's mm. interesting. His dad doesn't have to die because he's not actually part of the canonical web of spider events. It's a decent question. And, yeah. and to I that think... point, uh, you know, the, the captain- is already technically dead in the universe that he's supposed to be dead in, right? Mm -hmm. Like we saw the rest in power where it wasn't uh, Uncle Aaron, right? At the end of the film where we had the, yeah. in the dystopian yeah. Miles Morales world. True. So well, that's Earth 42. Earth 42. Right? Because yeah. that's where the Alchemex spider came from and Correct. all that jazz. Well, and at that point in in Miles's world, uh, the Peter Parker has already had his canon event. Like he, the one that's now dead. Uh, from the first movie. Here. Right, right. So really, isn't the, like, just him getting bitten just generally is the thing that ruins that timeline? Like, that's what Oscar Isaac should... I actually, I, I don't know if I want to go all into, like, right. the nitty-gritty. <laughs> sure, I think, sure, sure. I, I think, I think uh, the, the villain in this movie, his he's a little inconsistent, but it's almost on purpose. Hmm. Like he there's something off about uh that villain Spider-Man. And I think we're going to learn more about his backstory than we just did. We, oh, definitely. Prowler Oh, Oscar Oscar. Okay, yeah. I was getting Oscar. confused. Yeah. Miguel. I was like, "Who are you talking I, I, I think about? the the next Who's movie the where Jersey? they're going to they're definitely going to jump into Oscar Isaac's character more. Is he going to be redeemed is he not i don't really know but i feel like well, there's going to be some interesting backstory with with miguel uh, that we learn in the third movie and in addition to that backstory we're also going to have to learn about prowler miles morales backstory uh two very mm. important plot points going forward for beyond the spider-verse um yeah yeah because i was Jamie, i was I, itching I think you're that. right we can talk about plot as much as you want but we did not get many of our questions answered in fact i think this movie gave us more questions than the first Definitely. and as such we're not getting those answers until the third now of course they did that on purpose we know we're getting a third like andrew said but that doesn't mean that you can't end a movie andrew you brought up infinity war Obviously, an MCU's uh, MCU's fan, you know, total eclipse moment where it's we're waiting on the actual Endgame. They called it Endgame. We know that. Uh -huh. Obviously, 2019 happened already. But when we watched Infinity War and we saw Thanos win, it's something where we knew oh, that a, yeah. we knew yeah. there was going to be another movie because there had to be. But that was indeed an ending, and that's what made Infinity War one of the best movies in the MCU, if not one of the best superhero movies we've ever had. There's multiple reasons for that, the, the, the team-ups, the visuals, everything like that. But as a movie, it was well-written beginning, middle, and end. Just because we had a follow-up does not mean that it can't end. And I think Jamie's right. If there's one gripe, this movie was too much set up in the third act, not enough conclusion. But that being said... I'm very excited for the setup. Oh, absolutely. I, I that did that definitely didn't bother me. I thought that it was pretty well defined like as as you were getting in the last few scenes here and then with Gwen setting up the spider team. I thought that was a perfect ending yeah. to when you mm -hmm. know that there's a part 2 on the way. Definitely. Especially because you're introducing characters from part one or from you know into the spider-verse with nicholas cage and and uh spider ham back into the team <laughs> i i i would argue to the point that you know this whole spider-verse you know series is in innovative in of itself right like with the animation but going beyond that 
you know, it felt more of kind of like a TV show cliffhanger. Um, and that's becoming more and more prominent in Hollywood nowadays. So maybe they're trying to just reach sort of a new storytelling perspective um, with what they did here. So if you look at it that yeah. way, they're... Yeah, innovation maybe. is key and miles is telling the story differently you know like that's that's the whole like theme behind this film like it's he's doing it his way yeah yeah, yeah. man i i have so many things i'm looking forward to for this next movie and andy was bringing up the point that we have a lot of questions about the villain spider-man Spot. played by oscar isaac oh, uh spider-man 2099 <laughs> it's not spider-man no. you guys keep using that word villain I'm not. I I didn't Sorry, find it. Maybe not villain. Yeah. Let's call He's, him the antagonistic Spider-Man. Sure. I would say anti-hero. It's just like not, you know, he's I don't sort think of he's an anti-hero. He's not an anti-hero. But, he's a hero, but he's just I don't know a if he is. A hero. I mean, he's kind of an anti-hero. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he's doing No, he's not. He's still likable. I mean, Everyone Punisher likes him. anti-hero. Is Everyone, Venom an anti-hero? Right, exactly. He's doing Venom ill is to, an for the better. Yes, he's Eddie doing Brock. ill. Like he he has he's, at least ill. Like he doesn't have ill intentions overall. No, no, no. But you're his, missing his point. means. Right, Miguel his means to not, an end. Right. He he is not a an anti-hero. He's not a villain in any sense. He has a dutiful purpose. He's doing a job that no one else wants to do. Now we're going to learn whether or not he has to be doing this job. That could change our opinions. But as we know right now, we've just been introduced to the Spider Society. Everyone loves him. He gave everyone a purpose. It gave everyone in this web a reason to coexist and to make sure the timeline is stable. He's doing a job. He's not an anti-hero well, or Well, but he, a his, ends, or... his ends justify his means. He's, right. he's willing to have, you know, to, to push for this, you have to kill, you know, to Miles. Yeah. You have to kill X person to keep this this in line when maybe that's not the more maybe that's not the moral uh choice to be made right and i wouldn't say everyone loves him i think he's revered i think he's respected amongst the spider-verse community for what he does and his bold ambitions but uh good guy not a villain not a villain villain. not a villain but i mean i see him as a a good type character right I think he's made out to be. I, I just don't, don't use the word villain. What is a saying. hero? Okay, yeah, we won't use the word villain, but he was certainly <laughs> the antagonist yeah. to Miles Morales' protagonist. Sure, sure. And we have a lot of questions about it. He's taking this position, as Chris very eloquently stated a moment ago, but he's kind of in control of this whole timeline. He's taking it upon himself to be, if we go back to the Loki show from a last year, a couple years ago, whenever that came out, mm-hmm. he is acting as the time variance authority himself, sort of, of right. making mm-hmm. sure that these timelines happen the way that they're supposed to, quote unquote, of there are these events that he claims must happen. Um, and I'm looking forward to learning more about how he came to be the one in charge of the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and that'll be interesting. One thing I noticed in this movie is there are a few other Spider-Mans that we didn't get the cool comic book intro that we got and into the spider-verse like every spider-man that showed up they were like you know the story i was yeah. bit by a radioactive spider blah 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 time yeah i I'm love the only that Spider-Man. let's do this and then time. in this movie we got that a few times but like we got it for indian spider-man we got it for spider-punk we got it for uh miles and gwen but we didn't get it for spider-man 2099 we didn't get it for spider-woman we didn't get it yeah. for a few of the other ones and so I'm wondering if in the next movie, we're going to get to go more into their backstories and figure out how mm. they got to this place where now they're in charge of the whole multiverse. Mm. I, I would we say likely. get kind of a tongue in cheek one for Miles G. Morales, who I would call a villain. Prowler. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's that'd be fun if they did a comic book intro for him in the they, third movie. They that'd definitely should. They definitely need mm-hmm. to. Can can I mention one thing about the uh, those no. opening segments <laughs> with our? I, I was with two people that had not seen Into the Spider Verse watching this movie. Oh yeah, you oh were interesting. Me. First of all, interesting. They, they actually did not know we were going to see an animated Spider-Man movie. They <laughs> thought it was a, just a Spider, a new Spider-Man movie. Funny. Immediately floored. And it did not matter that they didn't see Into the Spider-Verse because this movie so well uh, just introduced the characters. They recapped the first the first movie uh, so perfectly. Um, and this might be uh, my two friends' favorite superhero movie. So that really shows yeah. you, even though they didn't see the first the first movie, this hit a wide audience and mm-hmm. you know is so consumable by you know the most the 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 nerds, the Spider Man nerds, and all the way just uh, all demographics. I thought this was such an interesting, um, like well well made, but a movie that was needed for the superhero genre right now. Mm-hmm. And you know one other thing that i do also want to mention i actually am very happy and uh very satisfied with how sony's taken the direction to introduce the lesser known villains so with their sony mm. spider-man video game they introduced mr negative right less popular spider-man villain this movie introducing the spot less popular villain and they're continuing to flesh out the spider universe obviously with a across beyond and uh into but uh i i really do appreciate the fact that they're looking to explore more not just on the on the heroes aspect but on the villainous end uh even reaching into yeah. you know the spider-man 2099 so that's also making it more exciting for me and yeah, yeah. what did what you what we gotta you talk about, about the spot yeah i the villain of the film yeah I, yeah. I thought Is it was he's a villain, Chris, the, the, because the he villain, didn't even make it to the villain, end of the movie. The they villain, just but cut the really movie before the we even got to fight the villain. I feel like he's going to get taken out in 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 the first first act next that was movie my and then 2099 is, i was thinking mm. the same thing this is going to be a thanos type thing where he gets taken out right away in the second film i'm not sure if that would be funny again because he i gotta tell you guys this is one of the most menacing yeah, yeah. villains that i think we've come across in a while mm-hmm. I, I mean the unassuming rise to power villain mm-hmm. trope is you see it from time to time but here with the fact that the multiversal power just gets literally transfused into his being that is scary and then of course you get that last shot of him like just in all black with like galaxies swirling inside of him mm-hmm. uh which you know people have seen it online very reminiscent of of the silhouette that miles paints on the wall in the first interesting movie. So there's, some, there's some theories there there's some hey theories no there. expectations right you know yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think, and and Jason Schwartzman, by the way, giving an excellent voice performance here, uh, yeah. just could not pick a better, you know, lowly villain to just be muttering to himself. And then, of course, to rise to that power and still give a very powerful performance. So I loved the villain here. But I do think Andy might have something there where he gets taken out in the very first act, possibly even in the first 10 minutes of the final film, just like Thanos. That'd be something. I, I think think he's gonna last a little bit longer than 10 minutes in the next movie i think it's gonna be an extended battle to defeat the spot but i do think he will lose in the first act um but going back to this movie across the spider verse talking animation talking cool villains talking crazy fight scenes every single fight scene with the spot and having like different limbs pop out of different Mm -hmm. holes in his body over there over there flying through different universes i loved every single second 
of every fight scene of Miles against the spot. It was so fun. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it, the first in the first act, it's he's so comical. Like it's it's great when right. Rio and 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 the dad are trying to like stall <laughs> time, <laughs> and there's just this extended scene in the background where you just see you know Miles punching through a hole and then getting hit by through by his own hit like own hand, <laughs> like just <laughs> yeah. he things, punches himself in the face. Yeah. Things in th things in uh, trying to steal you can the only ATM. do in animation. They did so well with the spot. Mm -hmm. It's like this isn't the the villain you. The, it was literally the villain of the week joke, and then unassumingly became the ultimate villain. How how come you only know Rio's name, Andrew? Uh, Why is that? I, I watched this movie two and a half weeks ago. Okay? <laughs> yeah, 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 but you, remember, but you remember. But you remember one thing? Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, Rio, you gotta love Rio. <laughs> is Rio one of the MVPs of this story? Absolutely. I think 100%. Miles' parents are. I, th I, think, yes. I think we've talked about yes. it yet. I mean, to keep, in a movie that takes so little from reality, they are the most grounding points in reality and giving a Spider-Man story to, to have to, something has to be at stake, you know? And I, I think, obviously, we have the, the Captain canonical events, but even more than that, it's a loving relationship from parents mm -hmm. down to a Spider-Man, which you just really don't see. You see it with Uncle Ben, you see it with Aunt May, but all of those relationships are, are, are a bit fractured in some way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. not to mention that most of them end up dying anyways. But these two parents being so grounded, and Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez, just absolutely great voice performances everything from top to bottom just you can feel so much flavor so much character out of these two grounded no superpowers no multiversal travel they are just perfect uh grounding points i know i've used that word like five times but that's what it is they they bring the story back to a human level to a character level for miles and it is just a perfect uh uh, uh what's grounded the counter for? perfect ground deposition is a uh, uh, juxtaposition it, it's it's a perfect juxtaposition between this this large yeah deposition large <laughs> uh, multiversal fantasy story and a very very real Miles. How did you get a B in Spanish? Oh my! What about? I know I, <laughs> yeah, I know I've been going great. for like a minute here. This when she snaps. And the little Puerto Rican flag comes up when she snaps <laughs> at Miles. It's just the, the, the tiny, tiny details because yeah. it is a comic book movie. It, it just, everything is All just the, dripping with flavor. Yeah. All the onomatopoeias. <laughs> All yeah. the onomatopoeias when you see like bing, bang, pow. Even when the bagel's tossed, this is the last movie, but even when the bagel's tossed and it says yeah, bagel yeah, yeah. when it hits him in the head, I just absolutely love all the little details. That was a throwaway joke. Oh, one thing. That was a throwaway joke and yeah. now he's the villain. Right. Um, but one thing that I did. But the real villain. <laughs> Yeah, the real villain. Miguel O'Hara. Uh, but the fine details, the little defining text that you find in typical comics when they had to explain like certain uh, nomenclature mm. for the comic. Oh, hammer space. I loved yeah. that. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And if we were talking parents, we got to also talk about uh, Gwen's father, Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy, mm -hmm. yeah. Beautiful parallel stories that we had with Miles and Gwen in their relationships with their parents. And that scene at towards the end of the movie where Gwen is talking to her father, and again the visuals of it were so beautiful. Where mm -hmm. just shot reverse shot of close up on Gwen, close up on Captain Stacy, but the background 
was changing every single time right. the, the camera angle yeah, changed to, meld. to right. follow along with the mood of the conversation and the intensity and the beauty and the love that this father and daughter have. I, it was just the most like enrapturing scene that you could you, that's a word oh man oh, oh, of oh, the man. film for me it was beautiful yeah, yeah. I, I think what the most powerful scene to me it was really early on in the film with captain stacy when she's choosing to leave yeah and she takes off her you know off her mask and he doesn't put the gun down like right. that was heartbreaking and you could in the way once again how they're melding the watercolors behind the the actual characters it just it it forces you to stare at their face almost at, at the character themselves and you just you feel it yeah that, that such a powerful moment and then then to move back and how that then parallels with when she gets uh, back to the world and he said, yeah, I quit um, like that. What a good kind of a side story arc for, for Gwen's character. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, as beautiful and vast and hard to animate as Boom Button was or mm-hmm. you know, even the, the main universe, Miles's universe, you know, swinging through the city, stuff like that. I think that the, the watercolor decision and it's being talked about a lot for good reason, but I, we'll talk about it here now still more. I think it was honestly one of the best decisions they could have made just to represent not only that this is a troubled character going through something, but also universes look different. And that was our first Mm -hmm. different universe look. That's just what it looks like. and and I think it was a great decision by the end. It, it kind of reminds me of something that a like Sony wouldn't do in the past. Like this is something that like it seems yeah. like one of the other studios, like some of these other like I I could see this be like a Pixar decision. Mm. Chris, I know you're a Pixar oh, sure. fan. Um but the the way that it provided emotion, um in small moments. It's like you don't you don't need like a grand set. That one scene set the stage for Gwen's character for the remainder of the movie. 100%. They resolved it in a quick uh, two minute scene at the end of the film. Um, and it's just from, you know, how effective that the artwork in the background was. Sony was probably also like, you're telling me you want to save money and time on animation and just paint watercolors? Do it. Great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Exactly. It's like, oh, that sounds great. That yeah, sounds let's, great. Not, let's not, don't build out the back. Yeah. <laughs> get a watercolorist. And here we are here. talking about it. What an amazing decision. <laughs> <Watercolorist>. <laughs> I, I guess that's a thing. A, a watercolorist. Yeah. <laughs> Professional. Um, I loved it. Well, it's that time, boys. We got to talk about our favorite parts of this movie and our biggest theories leading in to the third part of the Spider-Verse trilogy, Beyond the Mm. Spider-Verse, coming out at some point in the next 15 years. Let's go (laughs) around the table as we start to get to the end of this episode. I want to hear your favorite part from this movie and what you're most looking forward to for the next movie, or if you got a crazy theory, hit me with that also. Jakey boy, what you got? Okay, I was hoping you were coming to me last, but you decided to go to me first. That's okay. (laughs) Pressure's on. That's that's showbiz, baby. Well, you know what? I'm going to say the conclusion of this movie um, was actually one of my favorite parts. Um, When you saw, you know, uh, Uncle Aaron punch the punching bag, Miles is trying to dodge and weave while he's chained up Mm. against, you know, said said punching bag. And you see this figure descend down, sort of, it looks almost kind of bionic in a way. And, you know, you immediately, I, I immediately picked up that that, that that was that universe's Miles. Um, and so then the reveal was absolutely awesome, seeing the, the dichotomy and the absolute parallel between the two uh, Mileses. And so uh, 
I was just thrilled to have that that hell of a cliffhanger. I thought it was great. Yeah. And the very last shot of Miles of his finger sparking with electricity, mm-hmm. getting ready to touch the chains that he's tied up to. Yep. Massive cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking forward to in the next movie, Jakey? Yeah. Did you just double dip? Did you just two for one special that? Yeah, maybe is that I did. that what you're also looking forward to? Yeah, that is. A... <laughs> no, no. But I, I truly, I, one thing I am looking forward to the most is seeing uh, that Prowler's backstory. And seeing what happened, sure. you know, to Captain Morales and how, you know, Mom Morales, I, I, don't, I forget her name, but uh, how... <laughs> Rio, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rio. The only yeah, character Rio. I remember their name. Yeah. 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 As a Rio. team, we know everybody's name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hoopla. Uh, but... Hoopla. <laughs> but what a team. What a team. But I am interested to see how Rio just becomes so amiss, just totally just void of all, like conceptual thought she just feels i i got the whole perception that she was just totally lost in of herself as a person um and so i mean as you would be if you lost your husband but i don't know if that's the situation in this universe so um well i'm looking forward to that being fleshed out and i don't know uh will the spot win Uh, probably not But to be seen. Maybe we'll never know will this spot crush the multiverse into one universe Mm. Ooh. Ooh. no no they're not gonna is that. <laughs> the spot actually kang the conqueror who knows are they gonna replace kang the conqueror jonathan majors with, with jason, jason Schwartz. Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yes. what incredible, incredible technically, come on technically bring him to live action technically they could do that if they brought the spot live action <laughs> and it would be a great it would be a great out for them to to make that happen too okay but now you're just making <laughs> now you're just making scott pilgrim versus the world again you, you can't do, do it. that bring it on it. yeah That's why true. not i've already made that joke pilgrim. to me why not <laughs> all right andy Let's hear from you. Favorite part and theories. All right. Favorite part. I would, in the trailer, they they showed the scene with Gwen and Miles looking over New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved their connection moment in this in this film, mm. um, where there there's a moment when the the camera flips upside down and mm. you see them, and I'm looking at it on the left hand side, and once again I'm I'm literally looking at a frame in this movie, and you could put this on as a piece of artwork on my wall. Mm-hmm. Like I that's will. how mm-hmm. like detailed and interesting it is. Um, but it's you know that scene between Gwen and Miles was probably my favorite moment as well. I think we haven't really mentioned it, but the party for uh, yeah for a captain um, and with Rio there and uh, on the top of the roof that was such a Jeff Morales Jeff Morales Captain Morales <laughs> Captain well, almost Captain almost Captain Morales will he die Oh that's my uh, what I'm looking forward to What's the end What's the the end moment here Is yeah. he Is he going to be saved I think Chris you have a good theory to say he doesn't have to be saved Yeah Yeah that's a great theory yeah. Theory music Bye. time All right Chrissy boy It's up to you Well you don't want to go next What if I take yours I guarantee you, you won't ah, Okay <laughs> Um I guarantee I won't too because I'm going to take a bit of a, a meta pick the thing that I liked most about this <laughs> film I, I, you could say almost any scene including uh, the the chase scene in the Spider-Verse or in the Spider Society area I mean that yeah. scene alone was is probably many people's favorites and it's it's one of my favorites don't get me wrong I'm going to take a meta pick here I've said it before already the soundtrack to this film I think was just the 
perfect accoutrement to the actual film itself. Not only have I been listening to it nonstop outside of actually watching and talking about the movie, but within the movie, you have that moment where it's right after, Andrew, what you said, or maybe right before, it's during the scene where, where Miles and Gwen first meet up. And, they're, mm-hmm. and, and Gwen's like, oh, what have you learned and since the time I've seen you? They're swinging through the city. They're almost playing a game of horse, kind of like tagging things, doing trick shots mm-hmm. and things like that. That the, the song that's playing there, just the main themes of the film, the song that plays during cr- the credits, Am I Dreaming? I, I, I can't imagine a more perfect song for the ending for this film. Or, well, the conclusion, I guess we're saying. <laughs> I'm picking the sound. Right, Jim. Right, Jim. Uh, the score... The score by Daniel Pemberton, accompanied by Metro Boomin's bringing a lot of people together for this, uh, which is almost kind of a a parallel to the fact that there's a lot of different Spider-Men in this universe. Uh, I mean, Lil Wayne comes on and drops a pretty sick verse in Annihilate, that first song. And, uh, you know, we haven't had a pretty sick uh, Lil Wayne verse in a while. So thank you to Metro Boomin for producing an excellent soundtrack. And thank you to Daniel Pemberton for following it up for a beautiful score. Uh, I encourage you to go listen to both of those, which are on Spotify. And then after that, you can listen to our podcast. (laughs) That's true. Or you can listen to both (laughs) at the same time. Podcast in the left (laughs) ear, Spider-Verse soundtrack in the right ear. There you Uh, go. Actually... We've actually timed this podcast perfectly so that if you listen to the Spider-Verse score, it lines up with everything we talk about. So just go ahead, listen to them both at the same time. Uh, Chris, what are you looking forward to for Beyond the Spider-Verse? I am most looking forward to Gwen Stacy's story. Uh, I think as great as Miles is as a character, and I think I picked him as my favorite Spider-Man before we, you know, dived into the the multiple variants. uh, Gwen Stacy is getting a lot of character development that I did not know we were getting in this second film. We knew she was going to be a big part because obviously she's coming back to find Miles and bring him into this universe. But I am curious to see how the changes with her father affect the timeline. I'm curious to see if she can fix the problem that apparently she was in charge of. That That's something that kind of gets lost in the film is that she was assigned to stop the spot as far as anomalies go. Mm. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that affects everything going forward. And is she going to end up, you know, on the good side of things, bad side of things? We'll see. So I'm very curious to see how that ends up. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, I guess that brings us to me. <laughs> and now that you guys stole all the best parts of the movie, I got to come up with a fourth <laughs> best part. <laughs> I told you to go. <laughs> Easy. Leonardo da Vinci, Vulture, you'll love to see it. I I honestly really did. Like, what a great start to the movie to have that new crazy art style come in. I'll say say that's my favorite part. That was awesome. And then to have the intro of Spider-Woman and Spider-Man 2099 show up in that fight scene Mm -hmm. as well. And you get to see all their cool powers. Spider-Woman on a motorcycle? While pregnant. Also pregnant? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then Spider-Man 2099 with his, like, electrical spider web things yeah, that he shoots like yeah. laser beam spider webs those are cool what i am looking forward to the most though is figuring out how this whole multiverse thing comes together and having mm-hmm. the debates further with miles morales and spider-man 2099 about whether these canonical events actually have to occur and getting a little bit into why spider-man 2099 thinks that he has to be in charge of this universe the way he is is it okay for one man to control the whole multiverse and all the timelines similar to what we have in the tva in loki interesting uh conversations to be had 
So I'm looking forward to that and also just all the beautiful visuals. Ugh. Yeah. So and- question, Jamie, we got to talk about the MCU related to, to Sony for a second. The, what they've done with this. Uh, MCU versus I'm, I'm interested, Jake, in, in your opinion here where you know, we see, I love how they showed the, the one timeline the with branch timelines yep. uh, mm-hmm. coming off um yep. about halfway through the film and then they overlaid it with like a spider web yep so is that just a call over to the MCU? Does that mean more? Are well, these universes really connected? Or yes. is it just, I, obviously there's been, there's mentioned, they mentioned, you know, Doctor Strange and that kid from Queens. Yep, in the opening but scene. Like, in the, in the opening. Scene. But are those just calls? Or do we think there's going to be potentially more crossover with maybe a Miles into the MCU? Oof. Because that's yeah. what I'm yes. most excited for, if so. I would say yes, 100%. But then, leads the question where does this go from here right like do we now do we now bring all the live action spider-mans into an animated style or do we bring the animated style into the live action or just is this just going to be a huge hoopla of of animation oh, and, and visualization. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know how, how they're going to balance that. Let's go that, Puff the Magic Dragon style 2D animated <laughs> characters in a live action movie. I can't oh, wait. Yeah. No, give me 1970s Lord of the Rings rotoscoping. That's what I want. <laughs> give us Chris, all of Chris. it. I want Lego Spider-Man to be in the real world. <laughs> Hell yeah. Chris, what about you? Do you think they're going to bring, are they going to connect these universes more? Are they setting up a, a Miles into the MCU hmm. with these calls? That's a good question. I, I'm going to say no, honestly. I, I think the branch was, the branch that looked exactly like the branches we saw in Loki and Doctor Strange was a very convincing plot point to say, Okay, MCU is acknowledged by Sony. Mm-hmm. This is a, a a a direct callback. But I don't think that they're going to try and, and merge all this together. I think Sony has been very persnickety and restrictive of the Spider-Man mm-hmm. character for a long, long time. And with the success of these Spider-Verse films and the anticipation of the third one... I don't think we're going to see something like that anytime soon. More, more so, I would say that Miles Morales may be Sony's most important IP at this time. Obviously, yeah. they have Spider-Man mm-hmm. like Peter Parker it already with the partnership with, with Disney. Yep. But Miles Morales, that is, is a gem. Yep. That's Sony's pride of that joy. That is true. 100%. Question, did we see tom holland in this movie because we no. saw toby mcguire we saw andrew garfield we did. we did not see tom holland although we did see donald we hit the Glover. reference we got the reference to tom holland but we did not see him yeah we got so, we got yeah. andrew garfield and we saw the toby mcguire uh uncle ben that's those are our three frames of reference Ooh. if you want to also yeah. include you know yeah donald glover exactly as tom as a tom holland reference then there you go too. so like donald glover is in the mcu and then yes Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in the MCU, kind of, because they were brought kind in from it. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Too many universes. I don't know what's going on. But it's a web. It's a web. It's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. all a web. Everything's connected. So many strands tied together. But as we end every episode of the Hoopla podcast, we got to give this movie a rating. And of course, mm. if we're talking about 
Spider-Man getting ready for the next movie. Miles Morales stuck on Earth 42. I need all of you guys to give me a rating on a scale of 1 to 42 hoopla's. Oh, wow. Oh, to 42? Yeah. Don't do math. Don't you don't you dare do math. Chris, Mm. you go first. And if you do math, I will slap you. (laughs) I'm not doing math. I've got a gut reaction here. I'm giving this a 40 out of 42. I think it is Mm. almost as perfect as you could possibly get. Uh, I I will agree with your gripe. It was the same gripe I had walking out of the theater. To be fair, I did have to pee really bad in the last 20 (laughs) minutes, so I did not know if there was going to be much of a (laughs) So you must have been so happy when it ended earlier. (laughs) In a a way, yes, I was, even though I could have watched another two and a half hours of of the same movie. Uh, A a 40 out of 42, everything from the style, the visuals, the attention to detail. uh, I, I don't know how animators are paid. I don't know what happens, who takes the big profits. Obviously, voice actors are talented, but they're sometimes literally phoning it in. Not in a metaphorical sense. Phoning it in is a bad thing. It means you're not putting a lot of effort in. That's not true. The voice actors here are doing a lot of the work, but the animators here, I hope they're getting their due. Everyone over there needs three raises in a row. It's just (laughs) a beautiful movie. Again, I picked the soundtrack as my favorite part of it. Uh, Just an excellent little pairing there. It's like a wine and cheese pairing. You have this beautiful wine and then you have the cheese of the soundtrack just really bringing it home. Mm. There's just so much character there's so much flavor all throughout and then you throw this excellent plot on top of it i I give it 40 out of 42 it's just there's hardly anything that could be better here preach yeah jakey yeah i agree chris this is the charcuterie board of entertainment i i gotta be right there with you i'm there i'm having grapes olives wine all all variations of a grape okay (laughs) we're enjoying the sweet suckle of spider-man um, no, but this is <laughs> just chomping on some raisins wow. and watching a cartoon. Exactly. <laughs> That's incredible. That's an incredible visual. I'm talking about an animated visual. <laughs> no, but this was an absolute delight of a film. I'm so, so thoroughly pleased that they were able to exceed expectations uh, and maintain the standard yes. because that was always my concern. You know, they came up with a great soundtrack with the first movie. Um, the animation was just so innovative the first go around um and then they just push the boundaries even further and it really gets me excited for beyond the, the spider-verse because um you know if they bring 3d back with what they did here i mean i i would love to be that fully be immersed crazy. be fully immersed although you know my one caveat for the film uh, i don't know what format you guys went to go see it in i went and saw it in 4dx um oh my gosh that that finale rain scene was quite saturating <laughs> i would advise against 40x <laughs> for that reason um but outside of that imax this movie is a 40 out of 42 for me as well good call chris incredible incredible andy are you gonna follow suit with another 40 out of 42 i'm not gonna give it a 40 out of 42 i'm gonna give it a 38 out of 42 which is a strict 9 out of 10 don't do do math (laughs) (laughs) i forgot i forgot i wasn't supposed to do math but what i this movie is definitely from the the superhero genre is one of the best superhero films we've ever had i i think a top five superhero movie um and it's showing at the box office right now one interesting thing is you know people act like we do not need animation but the two uh largest opening weekends superhero or uh super mario bros Mm. with uh the opening weekend about i think 150 million or so 
Spider-Verse was 120 million, the second biggest of 2023. That is huge for the animated genre and I think is going to push more of these movies. And it shows when you have a style that is unique and different and something that is without limits. I said it earlier, this had no restraint or constraints or limits from the first film. Like this was that film on like they the studio took it to a tenth level. I hope that they keep that up in the in the the final film. Unfortunately it's going to be pushed back a bit here, but um I'm excited for it. I'm gonna give it a thirty eight out of forty two. Beautiful. I love it. Beautiful high scores coming in from everybody Hoopla. on the Rupla Hoopla. And I'm gonna join in with the masses and give this a 40 out of 42 as absolutely love the movie every single second of it i was just in a delightful state of joy watching this movie the one moment that i was anything less than extremely delighted was when it said to be continued at the very end (laughs) that was the first and only time throughout the entire movie that I was at a less than 100% of enjoyment. I'm going to give it a 40 out of 42. What a great movie. Mm. So thank you all for joining in for this episode of the Hero Hoopla podcast. Uh, stay up to date with everything we're going on. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Links in the description below. And if you'd be so kind, leave us a, a review, a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to these podcasts. We appreciate the reviews and the ratings very much. Uh, tell all your wonderful comic book and nerdy friends about the hoopla. Everybody can join in hoopla. on this little hoopla. party. Four nerds. Four nerds. And as we end every episode of the Hoopla Podcast, it is time for the quote of the episode. What do you got for us this week, Andy? As Miles Morales said, everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. Beautiful. Is that a Dog. is that a Killmonger reference? Not even close. Uh, no, 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 no. Hear I me out. Hear me out. No, I don't think it's so. It's a reference to Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't you dare try <laughs> and make best. me go watch that movie. <laughs> you know what? I think Thor trilogy, top five trilogies, not the sixth Ugh. trilogy, Jake. Ugh. Definitely the sixth. Um it's not even it's not even a trilogy, it's a saga. Like they don't even know how to count in Thor. So you know what? Automatic six. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's showbiz, baby.